increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to STRonomics. I'm Bill Faith, joined by my good friend, Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. Kenny, it's super early. We just got done with the super team third training. It seems like about 30 minutes ago. It's before 7 a.m. my time. <laughs> we're, um, we're pulling an all-nighter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, where's the, thank God I've got a Diet Coke. Uh, I was drinking wine last night and now I'm into Diet Coke this morning. So today's, a, I think, a, a super important topic. We probably should have had Avery on this with us, but uh, maybe not, actually. Yeah, so maybe not. today's topic is how to choose the right realtor and when to find them. And I guess in the topic... Really fire them, specific, Bill. When to fire them. Yeah, when, what did I say? Hire them? Yeah, when to fire them. See, I need I, hire, you said hire and find to be yeah. doing this <laughs> right now. So I think one of the things is really, let's just start with the title says how to find the best STR realtor. And I think a lot of people get into this and they use regular realtors, which there's nothing wrong with using a regular realtor when you're buying a regular home. But if you're going to buy a short-term rental, you really, and, and there's really two that pop into my head. Obviously, Avery, she's the goat of, you know, STRs. She owns a short-term shop. And then, you know, kind of Tyler Kuhn, you know, who I've used, and I've used both of them, uh, you know, Western North Carolina, that type of stuff at Savvy Realty. And, you know, the, the thing that, that I love about this is it's, there's always an excuse, but you've actually created a solution to the excuse of, hey, I don't know short-term rental agents in Scottsdale or in, you know, Broken Bow or whatever, but you actually have taken the extra step with STR Insights and you have realtors in almost all of those markets that people can go to the best realtors when they're searching for properties. Why did you do that with STR Insights? Not to make this an STR Insights pitch, yeah. but why is that so important to you? Yeah, so what I found is that when you're looking at a market that you've never been to before, that you've never, you know, you don't know why people go there. And all of a sudden, STR, this, this data platform is telling you, hey, you should go invest in this market. The first question everybody asks me is, well, who can I like, they want to know resources like realtors, cleaners, who lends there, insurance providers, all these different, you know, question marks, because it's like, I don't know anybody there. And I don't know anybody that I personally know that knows anybody there. And it's just and like, that's really the hard. personal hang up of why people won't invest outside of their exactly. backyard, right? Yep, exactly. So, 
it, we just provided an easy way to be like, look, here's, you know, it's not just realtors, it's lenders. There's even insurance people who, who will do your insurance for that market too. So just like kind of nails all the, uh, you know, the, some of the major pieces that you'll need to get started, at least in that market. But what we had to do though, is they're not just any realtors that signed up. They're realtors that we had to vet that had SCR experience. And I think part of, and I guess we'll get into this more in, in a second, but part of this process is making sure that they understand, you know, how to, what a short-term rental is and how it, you know, makes money and, and how it works in the market. It's not just, oh yeah, I have a, fr they know somebody who has a short-term rental, but they either, I prefer that they own short-term rentals at the very minimum, manage them. Ding, a lot ding, 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 ding. I wish we need the uh, a sound effects. I wish I had the button. I couldn't agree more. And I just want to stop on that and let's die. I want to unpack that a little bit because I refuse to use an agent that does not own short-term rentals. I don't give a fuck if they co-host or they manage because that's not what I'm looking for. I want somebody that owns. Yeah. And if, it's, if they're not into that and they don't own, I'm not using them. And, you know, there's another thing that, that we talk a lot about on this podcast, and, and you're pretty heavily invested into this and your property finder business and that type of stuff is, and, and I, and I real I don't want to say I learned this, but I experienced this recently in the spring when I was looking in Miami and I used Tebow down there. And anybody that has looked in Miami or is in the, uh, Airbnbs for sale group is it's, it's really like the bod, but we call him Tebow. He's the go-to STR agent in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And the problem is, is the regulatory landscape down there, Kenny, is so pocketed, uh, just like it is on the Western side around Sarasota, Naples and everything. You can't just go to Zillow or Realtor.com and look for properties on your own. You have to know the map and the addresses and everything else. And if you try to do that on your own, it's extremely mm -hmm. time consuming. So yeah. that's where, you know, having an agent that's an expert in STR in that market that knows street by street where you can and cannot invest saves you a shit ton of time. Yeah. Now, let me preface this one. Don't rely solely on what your agent says about the regulations. Agreed. You know, we, we have lots <clears throat> of really like some horror stories about that um, that have transpired recently. But tons. It, Tons. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Tons. And, uh, you need to do your own due diligence, but it's the, the, the realtor is going to kind of put you in there, point you in the right direction. And for the most part, I would say 99% of realtors, short-term realtors who have really good experience, they're not looking to deceive you or lead you astray. But at the same time, like you also have to consider them as salespeople, you know, like they, they are trying their, to sell you that's your personal interest. Right. They're there to sell you a fucking property. Yep. So whether it's the regulation or even just evaluating, I never ask a realtor, hey, do you think this is a good deal? Because <laughs> the answer, I've don't. never heard them say no. If you <laughs> and I asked the realtor if it was a good deal, people would stop asking us. Yeah, right? that's true. So yeah, but, the, the, but that's the problem is people people think they, they go to a realtor and they're like, go find me something that's a good deal. And the realtor sends them something and the person doesn't know how to evaluate the property and they rely solely on the realtor. One so. in my entire career that I trusted. I still underwrote everything on my own. That was Deb Wood down in Gulf Shores. Yeah. But she had owned over 70 properties down there over 40 years. She was a, an astute investor. 
She was a flipper. She did all of that. She was more of an investor than she was a real estate broker, right? And mm-hmm. she was the only person that I would trust to find me the property. But because of the way that she hosted, and this is what I think is really important when I say don't trust somebody that just hosts. Deb could evaluate a property and know if it would make money based on her own terms. But she did not host in the way that I hosted. She hosted, like, I remember we looked at one of her properties. Do you remember that? With the funny thing on the front end that she had bought, the like the round, rounded part of the the nose or something. And that property, even at that time during the summer, probably should have been fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a night. She buys that property and she would set it at nine hundred bucks only on Airbnb. And she would never because she didn't care, right? Because she was the she was buying and holding and flipping and that type of stuff. So oh, you have a funny story with that. I was, uh, I was, I was paired with Lori Lockfell. We were trying to evaluate properties. And I remember looking at that house and Lori and I were just ripping into it. And she, we didn't know that she owned it. I and remember she, that. We were talking to her and we're like, yeah, like this, this, and this is wrong with it. And like, blah, blah, blah. And we're like 900 bucks a night. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, what are they thinking? Like leaving money on the table. And then she's like, yeah. Well, later on, we're like, she's like, yeah, I own it. And we're like, huh? <laughs> You know, she didn't care. That was the Duffley house, right? That was the one that the Duffleys wanted to buy because Steve could go in and do all the renovations. Right. The funny part is, is they were negotiating and like 200 grand less, I think. And I, if I remember correctly, she paid like 928. Lori actually, I think, pulled up the, the tax records on it. She ended up owning that for less than like five months and sold it for like 1.4 million. And the Duffleys wanted to pay like 1.1. Great on the Duffleys if they could have got it. They could have done, they could have ARB'd that tremendously. But that's my point is, is that's the way that realtors, they don't think the same way we do if we're experienced, you know, investors and you can't rely on somebody else. It's why I don't like people. I I don't I never ask for the rent roll ever, especially if it's if it's been owned, if it was owned by you or a super team member, somebody that I know how they host, then I would ask for the rent roll. But when a property management companies have it, I'm not interested. I'm going to look at your data and their DNA's data, and I'm going to make those comparisons and then know what my benchmark is. So I think too many people put way too much trust, you know, into their agents. If you remember when I was first looking in Montana a couple of years ago, I flew out to Bozeman. Bree and I found this awesome property, 20 acres, blah, blah, blah. It was in Paradise Valley, huge, like the up in the, one of the best spots just outside of Bozeman. And the agent's like, oh yeah, everything's great. You, the neighbor VRBOs. And she owned a, a VRBO, but she didn't know the nine sections, the regulation in that county. And thank God, Bria and I drove into and to have breakfast into the county or the city the next morning and walked into the city. And they said, "No, you cannot short-term rent there." Mm. And we were we were just gutted because we fell in love with the the property. We flew out there just to see one property. The moral of the story here is, folks, don't trust your agent. You have to call the city. It's, it's that simple. You can call the city. I don't care if you're investing in Gulf Shores, Gatlinburg, Miami, Bozeman, Broken Bow, Des Moines, Iowa. Call the city or the local, local municipality, the county, and verify. Then don't just take that person's word for it. Always ask them, do you have a hard copy of the documentation that you could email me? Can you send me the link of where I can find it on the website? You have to go and verify that as well. That was one of the problems, Kenny, with Bozeman. They didn't have it publicly available. So I had to take the word of the lady at that point, and we did not put in an offer. But then I had to keep calling back because I wanted to be in that market. Thank God I'm not now because you know they're basically 
Manhattaning, New York City, Bozeman now. And I had to dig deeper and it took me almost three weeks to be able to get documentation from them. If mm. I would have bought that property, which now has been on the market twice because I, the first time I believe an investor bought it and then they couldn't get permitted, operated illegally, got caught and then got shut down and then it's resold. And that is a position that none of us want to be in. David Kang posted about what happened to him in Kentucky because he felt he he listened to his agent and he ended up having to sell his property because he couldn't get permitted. Right. Yep. And some other people in the same, same area, same thing. So you gotta, you gotta really, really do your due diligence on that and just understand. I mean, I always say like going back to it, I think we talked about this before, but like understand the community sentiment, you know, going back to it again, like with the agents, like they are trying to sell you a property. They're salespeople. Right. And there's their people, business. Yeah, it's like no there's, people, there's good salespeople and there's bad salespeople, but they're salespeople. So they're incentivized to sell you something. And sometimes that involves, you know, maybe skirting the line or, or you know, showing you things that might not make sense. Um, and so putting 100% trust and faith into them is probably not the, the best way to go. And I, I think any good, and this is the thing, we're talking about finding the best SDR realtor, any good or decent SDR realtor is going to agree with what we just said. Because they know, like, you should do your own due diligence. You should check on these things, you know. And they, they might argue with me about the, you know, whole part about being a salesperson. But they will say, do your own due diligence. So I, I don't think that's controversial at all. If Avery was here, she would agree 100%. There's no question. Yeah. I, and and I'll, I'll, uh, I kind of want to go back because we, we talked about finding. So I had this experience the other, like, a week ago where I was helping someone find, we were looking at evaluating a property in New Hampshire and we wanted to put in an offer. And so we were looking for a realtor. And so I literally just went in the Facebook group, your Facebook group, Bill, and I said, Hey, are there any good STR realtors in New Hampshire? And, you know, people just, cause I, I don't know any, and that's how I start. I ask, ask the right. community, you know, and there's people in the group and, you know, they all reach out and then I reach out to them individually and I start asking them questions. Do you own short-term rentals or do you just manage? How many have you sold? Where have you sold them? What are you part-time or full-time? What's your experience? Like all these different things to know, you know, what, what, it, what it is that they do. And if they truly know short-term rentals or the area I'm looking in and all these other things. And when you start to ask those types of questions, you, you get a good idea. If they're like hesitating, if they don't have, you know, actual, like they can't tell you straight up, yes, I've done this here or yeah, I've sold like one or two short-term rentals. Like these are all just like red flags. And you're like, look, you're a nice person, probably not going to work out. I'm looking for someone with a little more experience who's focused more in this area. So that's kind of how I, I personally do it. And I'm, it's pretty successful um, in, in finding realtors. So in, in, in random right. markets. I mean, or just Ty Gary Carl. I mean, she's the goat for a reason. She's got agents just about everywhere. There's a reason she's on our super team. You know, it, it's, I didn't know what I was going to do when I lost Deb, when she retired, you know, down in Gulf Shores and, you know, we're using one of Avery's agents there. I've got a, a, a $1.2 million, you know, duplex under contract down there with her right now. And her agent has been phenomenal. He owns two short-term rentals in an RV park uh, down there. And, you know, he's been there for like three or four years and just before COVID and he knows the market. And I was a little bit concerned, you know, when I, when I had to find my new agent and, He's just been fantastic. So like we talked about, I, I trust John. He's done a tremendous job. I trust Avery. Uh, but we are taking a duplex and combining it into a single family home, right? And so the duplex is, it's literally 
it's got two tax numbers. It's not EINs. It's like a pin or something like that. I forgot exactly what it's called on each side of the duplex. So he verified with the city and, you know, it took him about three or four days, verified with the city that we could combine, that we could get approval and kind of what the process was. And once he did that and he found the contact person for me, so I didn't, I wanted him to do the legwork and he did it. Then I called and verified with the contact person about what that process is. And then I requested for an email so that way I could get it mm. in writing. Because there's nothing on like the, the city website that says, here's what you do, you know, to do that. And But she gave it to me in writing that, yes, this would be approved, but here's the process that you have to go through with it. Then, And I'm finding this for a client as well. So then I gave that to the client. Really important for like me and you, one, to protect ourselves. But two, the point is, is just to go back and verify. John was right 100%. But I needed to re-verify before I move forward with my client making an offer on that property. Yeah. So, yeah. Kenny, I mean, that's basically what you do to vet how to find an agent. When do you fire them? Yeah, that's a good question. So just like brokers, just like uh, really anybody you work with, in my opinion, who's trying to help you, it's got to be a good fit. Meaning like you feel like they're giving you the time of day and they're actually genuinely helping you. And the the fact of the matter is like, I'm not going to name any names and it just, it is what it is, but, um, there's real to at this point. No, I'm not. Uh, cause we're getting to the fire point. There's realtors that I've referred and with to my clients and they just don't like them. And, you know, they said like, look, like I just feel like, you know, when I spoke to them, they were in their car, or like, you know, it's just, it's just these like kind of weird things where they're like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. And it's like, look, there's other realtors in the area. Let's go find someone that, that, fits you and feels like you're they're giving you the time of day so the biggest thing for me and i've done this with local realtors as well like just looking for long like investment properties long-term rentals or commercial properties you know it's like are they even giving me the time of day and actually helping me like get to my end goal and if they're just sending me random properties it doesn't feel like there's a rhyme or reason to if they're not catering their service to me and maybe I'm demanding too much, but I don't think so. I mean, they're going to make thousands of dollars off this sale. So if they're not at least like trying to help me um, and like really like, you know, have my best interests up front. And it's not these people don't. It's just like they might be a little more focused on others than than me, you know. And so I just say, cool, I'm going to find someone who is who's got the same skills who can actually but help me in my circumstances because I'm looking now I'm ready to buy now and I'm not going to wait, you know, for you to send me something. Uh, through email that you you know automated email hey here's some here's some hits <laughs> so don't don't put me on the mass distribution list that's like yeah. my num my number two but what what you're saying kenny is you you want to feel like you're the most important client to them and there's a lot of agents that make you feel like you're number six or number seven or number yeah. eight i was hot and heavy in the spring or really in the middle of summer both Bree and I wanted to get a lifestyle asset heavy. down. What's that? <laughs> I said hot and heavy. <laughs> hot and heavy. I'm getting a little bit lighter, so maybe hot and not so heavy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we wanted to be down in 30A in that seaside area. And we were looking and we used January, um, who's an agent for Avery down there and is kind of the expert in, in that spot. And, man, I was down there three times, maybe four times, had dinner with her. She gave, she was exactly what you said. She made us feel like we were the most important client for her. Looked at about five, six, seven different properties, made two offers and didn't buy. And you know what? 
she's a hundred percent fine with that. And she still treats us the exact same way. And she's found a couple of things that she said, Hey, this might interest you. And I was in a 1031, as you know, and I said, Hey, I ended up buying in Montana. And I said, but we'll be back. And she's all, I'll be ready. You know, and she stays in communication with me. And that makes me feel, I feel like I'm the most important client for her, even though I'm in a small price range in that market. I'm not looking at two, three, four, five million. I'm looking at sub million dollars in that market. And she made me feel super, super comfortable. Um, here's one thing that I will tell you that I do when I, to kind of preempt the firing component, a lot of agents still want you to sign the six month exclusive agreement with them. I refuse to do it. And yeah. none of you should do that. And that should be a, a red flag that if they require you to sign that exclusive agreement that is so 2005, that would be a red flag to me that I would not use that agent. I've had two in mm. newer markets ask me to do that. One was the first time I went to Scottsdale last Christmas uh, to look. And, I re and we were literally in her car looking at like property number five. Oh, I forgot to give you this document. Let me email it. Let me email you the DocuSign. And then literally at lunch, said, I think we're done. We're going to try to beat the storm to get home before Christmas. We're done. Just I'm not interested in that. And it was just a bullshit way that it was presented to us. So I believe, and Kenny, you know this, I mean, like even for everybody that's listening, when whether it's our accelerator for the super team or my products, I, I put a personal guarantee on everything. I want people to be happy. And if they're not, I'm kindly give them their money back, Damien. It's no no problem at all. The the thing that I think is really important is that you have to have the rapport. I see your, your rice smile there. You have to have the rapport and, you know, the trust between both of you. And yeah. for me, that contract is mitigates that that person's going to put in a hundred percent effort for me because they're trying to lock me down and I should have the ability to find somebody else if they don't perform up to my expectations. I, I absolutely agree. One of the things I was going to say, or I kind of ask you, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have my opinion on this too. When... Like, so how, so obviously like if they ask you to sign like a exclusivity document, that's a, that's a red flag, but Gone. let's say like, let's say that they don't do that and they're just, you know, it's just not a good fit or whether they're not taking care of you, they're not treating you like number one, how soon, how long should you kind of give them before you? So there's a thing you know, with successful entrepreneurs. Like if you, if any, any of you listening have ever been in like a group or a mastermind or something with successful entrepreneurs. And go into that group and ask them, hey, have you ever fired an employee too soon? Yeah. And every single one of them is going to answer no. We all yeah. hang on way too long and we think we can fix them. We think it's our fault. Yeah, we've all done that. I've done it hundreds yeah. of times. The second you get that gut feeling, that women's intuition or your spouse tells you, especially for you guys out there when your wife says, you know, I don't think she's the right fit. Boom. That's when you go. You leave immediately. Don't hold on too long. And so I, but one of the things is it's Kenny, it's like you explained in the beginning, you're very detailed in the vetting process, just like you are in, you know, for like our VAs at STRVAs and that type of stuff. And I think most people are not, most people will take the referral and say, Oh, Hey, Bob, you know, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm looking down in, in Key West or wherever, you know, send me over some properties and let's get started. Well, you need to let them know your intention. So it was like with January as an example, Hey, I'm looking specifically at this areas. This is what I want. This is my price range. I'm ready to buy now. I've got a 1031. I've got to identify by this date. I've got to have everything locked down. I don't have fucking time to sit down 
I want to have this done in like a week. And mm. it ended up taking us three to six weeks. But but I was inside that time frame and she did everything right, but she knew the expectations of me ahead of time. Right. And that's why I, I honestly I work with like three agents right now. That's it. You know, you 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 talked to Lauren, my my agent Montana. You know Tyler very well. He's in the mastermind. You know Avery, she's on the super team. That's it. And if I have to find another agent, I'm going to Avery first in the new market. But I'm gonna and even because I trust Avery a, a ton, I'm still gonna set that framework ahead of time. Right. And I think that's where people go wrong is they're not detailed enough in their expectations or they don't know. If you don't know those expectations, then you probably need to reach out to somebody like Kenny or I so we can help you articulate those before you start having those conversations with your agent. Yeah, I agree. Um, my short answer as we kind of wrap this one up is, you know, let, like I say two weeks, you know, obviously like if they get off on the right foot and like everything's going, I, I'd give them two weeks. And, and if two weeks, you should have a good feeling if they're going to be somebody you want to work with or not. Like if they're not getting back to you, they're not helping you, giving you the time of day, stop wasting your time, go find another agent because it's just going to drag you out even longer, especially right now. If you're trying to look and get a property for a cost seg, maybe you've already been looking and you're close. Like you need somebody who's going to be at their A game at this point in time. You know what I mean? So that's my rule of thumb, two weeks on realtors. But if you're trying yeah. to get a cost seg now, when this releases on September 28th, you better have an A plus agent. And yeah. So I said <laughs> maybe a week. I don't even know if they'll have two weeks at that point. You better be closed by about November 1st, especially if you're going to do any upgrades. Uh, to the property. So the clock is ticking. No question. Yep. I agree. Awesome. Great topic, Kenny. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. If you did, please take 10 seconds and leave us a review. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, uh, wherever you're listening, it would mean the world to us. And most importantly, come back next Thursday. We'll have a new episode for you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of STRonomics. Kenny, we'll see you next time, my friend. See you, Bill. See you guys. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.